Radioactive plugs you into the community weeknights at 6. I'm Laura Jones, and your support means Radioactive can keep passing the mic to people and nonprofits making a difference, like the League of Women Voters of Utah. Helping legislators understand that investing in the community, investing in programs is investing in the state. It's investing in us all. Radiothon starts October 29th. Help us to keep plugging you into the community by making your donation online at krcl.org. Duran Jones and the Indications. Love will work it out here on KRCL. Man, I love that chorus. Joy will set us free. If you do believe, so don't you ever doubt that love will work it out. I, I really needed to hear that today. <laughs> Some days are just harder than others, right, folks? I'm Laura Jones, and this is Radioactive, a show that plugs you into the community with conversation and a playlist to match. As you may know, KRCL studios have been virtual since, oh, Memorial Day. And before that, most DJs were homecasting because of the pandemic. Well, we still have the pandemic, so keep doing what you got to do to stay healthy, everybody. But the new KRCL studios are barreling to the finish line, which means folks like Radioactive Community co-hosts will soon be back and taking on a larger and live role in the show. We'll keep you up to date on all that progress. But today is Coach's Day, and there was a conversation I wanted community co-host Rashawn Leak, supreme disc golf player that he is, to have with some folks. You're going to hear that later, but I wanted to catch up with him first. Here's my conversation with Rashawn. I'm doing well. How are you doing, Laura? Good to see you. I'm excited because you did this great interview for Coach's Day, and we'll get into that here in a second. But um, I thought I'd take the opportunity to explore a little bit of Rashawn Leak for our listeners tonight. Our community co-hosts are coming back as we start to get the new studio online, hopefully here before the end of the year. And we are talking sports later. And I understand you're a Frisbee golfer, and there was a big tournament recently. How'd that go down? Uh, it, I finished in the middle of the pack. I, you know, it was fun. It was fun. I, I got this, I got this weird issue, Laura, that I, I, I have not been able to rectify. I, so normally it's my first round is just awful. Like I play well below my capabilities and I come back second round and do better and third round do better. And, you know, in the disc golf community, we, I'm sure a lot of sports, you know, we got, we have this joke. That it's like, you know, you can't win a tournament on the first day, but you could definitely lose it. And uh, and I have I have fallen victim to that uh, on, on a number of occasions. And this one, this one, I had a great first round. And then the second round just it just ate me up. And then I came back strong and I, I was uh, like four strokes from uh, making like being cash cashing out. But just and I'm so close to my buddy, you know, my buddy who won it. I was like, man, Chris, what? I just can't get over this hump. And, you know, and he, he he's as, as all friends should, you know, he talked me off the ledge. He's like, you're a dad, you know, you're a husband, you got, you, you know, you, you have other things, you know, KRCL, you know, Utah film center. I have other things that pull me from, you know, being able to just spend my time on the, on the disc golf course. And so that's, you know, until I decide to, Throw caution to the wind and put my family on a back burner. I think I'm always gonna kind of finish somewhere here or there. So, so there will be no uh, quitting my job and, and running away to, to be a professional disc golfer in my near future. I'm guessing you've had lots of uh, mentors, fellow players, and coaches. Since we're talking coaches' day, yep, that have made a difference in your not only the sports you play, but um, 
perhaps forming your adult self. Absolutely. Absolutely. Both good and bad. You know, it's, you, you know, a lot of, a lot of friends who, who play the game, uh, you know, I look up to, I've mentored, they've, they've helped me hone things in. And then, you know, coaches over the years, I, you know, I ran, I ran in uh, high school, middle school and college, I ran cross country and track. And so there's still, I mean, I still am in touch with my high school coach. We still, you know, thanks to the, the miracle of Facebook, you know, we're still able to talk and, you know, and, and still, you know, we're in each other's lives. And this is what, not to age myself, but when I graduated, you know, close to coming up on 30 years, you know, like, so it's, it's, I think it means something. I think, and I, and I try and do that with my, with my kids, with my boys that, you know, being a, being a role model and a positive influence as a coach in their lives, just because it, it could make or break you. You know, I've yeah. had coaches where, you know, I, I, you know, I mentioned I ran, I, I ran and I, you know, not, not to say all my coaches were bad because I don't think, I don't think really any of them were, but it, but I would say that they just didn't know how to necessarily connect with the teenage Rashawn. And yeah. so, I, you know, I don't think it was, I won't put all the onus on them because I think that's a cop out, but I, I would say that, you know, part of coaching is figuring out how to, how to break through the, your, your, your athletes. Well, and if you don't do it, you know, yeah. it, it could have dire effects. Well, coming up, we're, you're going to be talking with Coach Frank McKinney, one of the first black college rugby coaches in the U.S., and the filmmaker Thomas Morgan, who put together this film, Scrum. And there's something that he says in here that I think is so true that I wish every coach had, which is, I don't coach to win games. You know, he's coaching mm-hmm. to build good human beings. Absolutely. You know, it, it's it was... Even watching the movie, it was so pivotal because that's it's one of those things that as a as a dad and as a dad coach, it was re, it was it was refreshing and a good reminder because I I pride myself on that. You know, even even with you know my youngest Canyon, you know, his his soccer team, he was a really he, he, they were on a really good team and he's a really good player. But but you know, the, you know, like all kids are like, oh coach, did we win? And I'm like, that's not important. You know, what's important is did you have fun? And they're like, oh, we had a blast. And the same with you know me coaching my Elijah, my oldest, his basketball team. You know, it's like, did you my 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 first day of coaching? I should say when when I get a new team, that's the message I reinforce. It's like my job is to is to make sure that you guys are all out there having a blast, and I and I want to see smiles on your faces. And I tell the parents, I joke with them, I'm like, and if they learn something at the end of the season, then that's even better. But really, you know, when when they're so young, I, I don't I, I'm not going to coach somebody when all of a sudden like they go from, you know, first or second grade, this sport or that sport into the Olympic development program. That's just not how it works. You know, so it's it's just the first starts with with fostering a love for the game. And that's what I, I really got out of out of that with talking with uh, Coach McKinney. Like it was it was really something that I it, it was it was just so rewarding to see that that is something that's being done because it's huge for players, you know, and, and then it's day and age where, you know, I don't know if the stats still the same, Laura, like, you know, where divorce is 53%. I'm sure, I'm sure with COVID it's probably higher, <laughs> but that means that there's only going to be one parent in the house. And, you know, in, in our great state of Utah, chances are that parent is the, the mom, you know? And so, you know, as a, as a dad and a male coach, you know, that, that I don't want to say puts pressure because it's, it's exciting to, to know that I might be, you know, this, this person's influence. And it makes me, it makes me come even more correct. It makes me like get down on their level and, and, and just let them know what I'm talking about because it's, it's huge. I might be the only 
positive male figure that day or that week or that month. And I want to make sure that they walk away knowing that they, they are not only cared for, but they're loved and they're appreciated. You had mentioned earlier all the different things that you're you're doing these days that keep you from going pro on the disc <laughs> golf circuit. And one of those is you, you stepped into uh, representing KRCL in the Black Bolt and brilliant collaboration with the Utah Film Center. And coming up the 7th and 8th this week over at Tracy Aviary, there's a whole cool thing going on. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. It's So we're doing wild and scenic. And, and basically, we're just trying to trying to connect the dots, if you will, with you know people of color, indigenous people, and, and activism and, and outdoor environmentalism. Environmental. Yeah. Is that a word? Yeah, Environmental. You got it. Yeah. You got it. All right. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just... You know, and, and Laura, you know, working, you know, working with you for a number of years now, I know you've heard me say representation matters and it, and it doesn't just, it's in all shapes, you know, and there's, and that's, that's something that is really important when it comes to activism and, and seeing people who look like you in, in these arenas and at these tables, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a level of comfort where you could breathe. And even if that means that while I'm, while I'm on a panel or I'm doing something like I see another another brown person out there, I can't help but like make eye contact eye contact with them because especially in this state, there's not a lot of us. You know, I mean, we're you know maybe three percent if 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 not less. You know, so it, it's just nice, but it's such an honor and privilege to one be able to represent KRCL, but then two to be able to do stuff that is really impactful to the community at large, and and it's. You know, it, you, you just hear so often, like, you know, my mom used to make fun of me when I was young, like, boy, where'd you come from? Out there hiking and, and going mountain climbing and and this, you know, this van life that you yeah, you love. In the but wilds of New Jersey. In the wilds of New Jersey, you know, and, and it's just it's just something about uh, it's something about being lost in your own thoughts in the wilderness. Yeah. You know, it's you know what, what they say, Laura, all all who lo- all who wander are not lost. And so that's something that has always stuck with me because sometimes you just it's a refuge to just be alone with your thoughts in the sounds of nature. So Thursday and Friday this week at Tracy Aviary, it's a mini film festival and it's hosted by Outdoor Afro, Tracy Aviary, the Utah Film Festival and the Black Bold and Brilliant crew. There's going to be films each day, but day one, I believe. So tomorrow night then, Rashawn, you're on a panel with some other folks talking about getting outdoors as a person of color. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, um, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it, but we have, uh, we have some two, I would say there's a bunch of films, but two of them that really jumped out at me. They're, they're shorts. One was about a young lady, uh, who is a mountain biker. And the other one is, I want to say, uh, the first, uh, black person to do the triple crown of hiking. And I'm not, that's all I'm saying. I'm not even going to, you gotta you have to Google that listeners because I'm not even giving any more. That's that's the most I'll do for my spoiler. But it's you know, as a as a hiker and a as a mountain biker, it, it really just spoke to my soul, yeah. you know, and it's and it's just it's fun to be out there and and just and I wanna I wanna see more people who look like look like me out on the on the trails and on the mountain bikes because it's it's huge and it's a it's a workout without working out, if you will. Rishon Leak, he'll be back to talk about the art and soul of coaching in a minute. But first, a special request from Isaac Akolache of FC Spider, and we mentor you. Hey, uh, my name is Isaac Akolache. I'm with uh, Utah FC Spider. We play in the uh, men's semi-professional 
soccer team. And you called our dedication line to uh, send a shout out to everybody because not only is it semi-pro, but you guys do a lot of mentorship and coaching of young folks, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, so man. tell me about your soccer history. Um, any teams that I should know about? I mean, am I talking to a soccer star and I just don't know it? <laughs> yeah, supposedly. Uh, yeah, my soccer. Yeah, my soccer star days ended around twenty twenty seven in Ghana. Yeah. So yeah, due to some unforeseen circumstances, injuries, and family relocating and all that but I, I said I had a great growing up especially playing soccer because that was like my safe haven and I mean I did not really understand everything in details till I was fully matured and grown and now that I'm a, a coach I just I just see the the things that I missed the informations that are not shared and all that so yeah so i grew up in west africa ghana played most of my life throughout my kindergarten all the way through college great times i would say i've been in the u.s for 11 years now and i've been um educating myself on how to better train the next best athlete and some of the informations and the structures i missed growing up so i just kind of put it on myself to educate myself whilst I was doing constructions and other side jobs. And in that journey, I realized that I can't do it by myself. I need to set up an organization that will have a structure that will help with ideas that I have. So I decided to turn my passion into um, a career in sports development and I say I've been helping folks get to know who they are themselves. But unfortunately, most of them are old. But our goal as an organization is to help the next generation come in. So the generation we help now can look back and help the other generations come up. You know, I've, I've caught up with you on a most interesting day because today is coaches day Isaac uh, and I I hear what you're saying you want to you know make these these um, next generation players uh, as good as they can be and help them to pass it on and you you love the game so how important is a good coach not only to the player but the person oh man you have to be mentally strong and uh, you will have to have a dedicated um, individuals around you that would not care about what you feel but tell you what you should know or specifically what you should do because um we get into a place where all we do is want to help 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 and our emotions get entangled in in the mix of it and it's hard to unentangle yourself if you don't know that you have tangled yourself so i have struggled with that part so you're now with fc spider right Yes, ma'am. When do they play next? Uh, we play our next game against um, African Stars this Sunday, Zion Bank Stadium. Excellent. We'll put a link in the show notes so people can check it out. But tell me more about the nonprofit you started, We Mentor You. So the nonprofit is there to help give scholarship to um, individuals that could not afford to get the help they need to better their um, skills and also get to know 
in details who they should be and where they should be and why they should be there. The, the we mentor you is there to help give scholarship to mostly Africans, but we work here in the United States and currently we're helping people in the Provo Lehigh area. What's the website where people can catch up with you? Uh, that would be wementoryou.org. Now, you left a dedication on the voicemail you left me, but since we're doing a, a new interview, why don't you tell us what the song is and why you want to send it out to folks? Um, I say Bob Marley because um, he speaks consciously to every humanity that really understands what life is supposed to be. And it's not what, it's not what you want. It's about humanity. So I say one love so everyone can just have the best feel, feeling they deserve and not worry about what should be. Well, happy Coach's Day, Isaac. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lara. Thanks for the special request on Coach's Day, Isaac. And folks, We Mentor You is looking for sponsors. Check tonight's show notes for a link and get involved. I know they're down practicing at North Lake Park in Lehigh, so here you go. Some one love from Bob Marley on KRCL. Hi, this is Emily. Join me every Wednesday night at 8 for your weekly new music mixtape on KRCL. Wednesday night mixtape, every Wednesday at 8 on KRCL. New census data is out, and it's that once-in-a-decade time to redraw political boundaries. Find interactive tools and a schedule of public hearings online at uirc.utah.gov. The International Rescue Committee in Salt Lake City needs new or like-new winter clothing for our newly arrived refugees, adults, and children as they resettle into our community. Find a list of needed items on our website, krcl.org, and thanks, y'all, for always helping out. This is Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones. Today is Coach's Day, and it marks the release of local filmmaker Thomas Morgan's new documentary, Scrum. There's eyes on you. Coach Frank McKinney. The only African-American head college rugby coach. What do you think that might mean? I am looked at differently. I'm under a bigger microscope. When I started... I didn't even have any players. We brought in 15 players. Four of those were wrestlers who had never played rugby before. One was the mascot. Up top, Kay, keep pushing. There's an opportunity to pull kids up. One, number two started hooker, Marshall Frank. It could change their life. It could change their family. It could change a lot of different things. There is no plan B. We don't skip steps in life. We don't skip steps in practice. We don't skip steps in training. That's the difference between losing and winning. Frank is cognizant of the fact that there are doubters. In America, there's always gonna be eyes on you just being a minority. But I feel like that's part of our X factor. Fast forward a year, we were ready. There was the turning point season. They started winning. It was addictive, that winning feeling. We scored again. Scored again. The referee just called the game early. It was actually pretty funny. The referee did one of these. I think that's when it really started clicking for people that we were going to do something big at some point. A wire to wire performance. Royals of Queens University. In this country, I don't think everybody starts at the same starting line. 
I know in the back of my mind, if the program goes away, it'll be difficult for those guys. Of course, I wanted him closer to home, but I didn't want him to feel stuck here. So how do you react? Do you lay down? Or do you get back up and fight? The old guard versus the new. I love disrespect, because you know what disrespect turns into? Respect. We're the underdog. The underdog for me is the guy the commitment level is high. Meeting new friends, meeting new teammates. I think that helps them to set different goals. Every war is won before it's fought. We deserve to be where we are. Tomorrow, we play for the national championship. Nobody knows what we're capable of, except for the guys in the circle. Scenes from Scrum, a new project by local filmmaker Thomas Morgan. It follows coach Frank McKinney, one of the first black college rugby coaches in the U.S., as he tries to build a diverse team at a white Southern institution. I asked radioactive community co-host Rashawn Leak to talk with Morgan and his friend, Coach McKinney. All right, looks like we're, we're good to go. So first, I want to say thank you, gentlemen, for, for being on the program. I appreciate, appreciate you both uh, spending some time with us. And Coach, you know, uh, National Coaches Day today. So uh, I'd like to say, you know, happy happy National Coaches Day, if that's an actual thing. I know we got a lot of holidays nowadays, these, co- these calendars. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm really excited. Um, big day. Yeah, National Coach Day, big day. Absolutely. All right, so let's just jump in. I had the I had the privilege and opportunity of watching the movie last night, and and I'll say right off the bat, it was it was really really good. It was well done. I, you know, you go in. I, so I'll, I'll I'll be the first to put it out there. I'm not I'm not very familiar with rugby. I've always I've always appreciated rugby as a sport. You know, as an outsider looking in. And it gave me some insight. It was, it was really impressive as a movie, and to see what you did with those uh, with those kids. But uh, why don't we why don't we jump in and just introduce yourself, Coach for Coach Frank? Yeah, my name is Frank McKinney, Coach Frank McKinney. I'm the actual men's head coach uh, of a university called Queens University of Charlotte. And we're in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, the program has been around for about four and a half years. Um, so that's who I am. And Thomas, as the director of the movie, why don't you introduce yourself as well? Yeah, I'm Thomas Morgan. I'm uh, the founder of a small, small production company here in Salt Lake called Square Zero Films. And, um, and uh, yeah, I was just so taken by the, the story and started following his, his story. And I just thought, wow, this is, this is something that's really special. So it was really my, my privilege to be able to tell the story. I, I, you know what? So that is something interesting. So I know you're not originally from Salt Lake and how did you two meet up? How, how did you get involved with, with the story or, or, or the ideas of formulating the story that turned into the movie? Well, what's funny is Frank and I had known each other actually for a long time. I used to live in Charlotte and when I moved to Charlotte, Frank was one of the first people that I met and we were friends for a long time. And so when you kind of see in the film, he talks about those trials and tribulations of his life. You know, we both kind of went through those together. And, and, and I think, you know, what started out is I, I was literally just going to go out and I told him, I said, Hey, why don't I, I, my camera guys here, I'll come out and shoot some video and 
you can use it for, uh, for recruiting purposes, you know? And, and then I started talking to some of the players and I was like, God, you got something really amazing here. I, I want to make a film. And I think Frank was the first to say like, no, oh, there's no, there's not a film here. There's nothing here to, there's nothing here to talk about. And so I was like, no, I think, I think there really is. And so that's kind of how it started. And, you know, and then it was kind of in the midst of the, of George Floyd and all of these kind of things that really were so timely and, and really forced conversations that Frank and I had never had either, you know, and, 26 years of knowing each other and being and being friends like a lot of things we just never talked about so I just started kind of seeing it through a different a different uh, lens so to speak and and then to see these kids and what he had done for them and the opportunity that he had afforded them I was just I was blown away I, I think you touched on something Thomas said us as Americans were dealing with I think a lot of us never had those conversations until it was really you know, force fed, if you will, and put on the on the front end of a lot of things going on in, in the country. But but let's talk about Scrum. So I, having watched it, did you know it was going to be so personal? Because it I mean, it's not your run in the mill sports movie. It is it is a lot more engaging and a lot more endearing, if you will. Right. Why don't you answer that? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. So this it's interesting how the how the journey for this movie happened. If as we're filming the movie and they're producing and doing more pickups, George Floyd, George Floyd uh, murder happened, and then as we went, you know, Thomas, he's not gonna he's not gonna tell you this, but he's done. He's been a very successful documentary filmmaker. You can see all the all the uh, things he's got hanging back there. So for me, I, I was like, hey, I, I don't feel like my story. I'm a coach. Like I, I coach young men. I want them to be better. I try to pull in, you know, underprivileged kids into a school that's more probably more of an affluent school. Um, but what's interesting is he said, you know, I, this is a story like nobody's doing this. You're you're one of the only you know African-American coaches. I don't know if there's ever been an African-American coach to win a national championship. Like, there's all these stories that are coming out. Uh, and then there were some times where we had to have serious talks where he's like, Hey, we want to go deeper in your life. And I was like, I don't really want you to go deeper <laughs> in my life. And he's like, look, man, people can't, we want people to associate with you and, and understand that you've fallen down in life. You know, we don't want a movie where everything you touch turns to the goal. We want, we, they want to see your failures. They want to see your struggles. And that's, that's tough. I mean, it's, it's really tough. And I had to, I had to sit down and say, okay, and I feel like I'm kind of a private person in a lot of ways, but, you know, I trusted Tom because I've known him for many years. Um, and I said, okay, let's, I'll open up my life and you'll see some of the things where I've, where I've fallen down and you'll see some of the places, relationships that I have that, that haven't worked. Um, and that probably, you know, all those storylines together, you know, are, are, are really what made up Scrum. But I, and I think it just to, to expand on that, you know, I think that, that the relationship that Frank and I have had over 26 years and the, and the things that we've talked about, personal things that we've talked about in our lives, like our relationships with our fathers and our, our relationships with spouses or girlfriends or whatever. I think like there was just, uh, there was an incredible trust. And I felt like, I mean, I, you, you, you feel such a responsibility in telling those kind of stories. So I think, you know, there is a funny story where I was asking Frank, like, hey, I want to interview your girlfriend, your father, where he was like, oh, my God, like, no, okay. about rugby. <laughs> you know, like, you know. But I think it was only because of, of that trust that we were able to kind of, you know, push push beyond just the story about about a rugby team. 
Absolutely. And I want to touch on, on trust and on, and on the theme of, of really not just mentorship, but fatherhood in there, because it, a couple of your players have even mentioned how they, they look up to you and how you are, you know, you almost feel, I don't even want to say almost, it looks to me as a, as an outsider watching the film that you have filled that role as a father figure in many of your players' lives. Is that something that you have taken on because of just you are a coach or because of the relationship you've had with your own father? What, what is that coach? Yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a couple different pieces there. I think one, uh, my dad did a great job as being a father, but I think there were some pieces that I felt like that were missing. I think the second thing, a, a big thing that probably is not talked about in the movie is I don't have any kids. Um, and I look at every single one of these young men as one of my kids. Um, and I think that missing piece in my life, right, helps me to be that mentor, more of a mentor and put more time and effort into their personal, you know, in, into them growing as as young men versus just being out, being a coach going, hey, here are the X's and O's, go do this. So I think that's been the piss- missing piece for me that's really helped me. And that's probably I'm, I'm assuming has helped my players. Yeah, it, it, it really it really jumps out. So we touched on mentors as as something in my own personal life I, you know when I talk to my kids when I talk to my friends we, we really talk about representation matters and just the act of representation now as a black collegiate coach and let's go even deeper as a black collegiate rugby coach do you have a mentor like where where where's your mentor is was there a mentor in the game or just you know where's where's your your role model come in in that world I really have two role models I have and they're my mom my dad uh, both overachievers. You see them in the movie. Uh, my dad enlisted in the Navy at 17. And, and this is a hard time, man. At 17, he's in the Navy. People in the Navy are calling him the N-word. Mm-hmm. You know, he passed over promotion, but he worked his butt off and, and became an officer and retired as a commander. Um, my mom got into education. She had to go through picket lines as a teacher. She ended up becoming an assistant principal, then a principal, then an assistant superintendent. And being being African-American and being an overachiever like that just showed me that you can make the impossible possible. And to me, to see that every day as a kid, that's what molded me and to make sure that I wanted young men to see that the impossible can become possible. And I, I laugh because, you know, when I go out there and coaches don't look like me, um, you know, coaches at the school don't look like me. Um, but I still have a job and I still have to go out there and make sure that in my mind, I think I have to be better than the other people out there. That's how I keep my job. And I, I walk in with that every day and I put that on my players that we have to be better every day. I, I think, too, what was interesting is when you see in the film, like some people see Frank and they're like, God, he just seems so unhappy so many times. And I'm like, you know, for me, it was never unhappy. For me, it was more contemplation, you know, and, that, and, and at times. I think there is a bit of solitude and maybe even a bit of loneliness in some of that, because there isn't anybody else who can relate to the situations that he finds, finds himself in. There's nobody at the school. There's no other male, you know, African-American black head coach at the school. He's the only one. There's nobody that, you know, that that's had the rugby program before he's, he's the first, you know, there's so many times where he's having to figure out and find his own way, not only for himself, but then how to set this example for, for these kids that I think is at times has to be absolutely daunting. Right. Right. I, I, I don't disagree. So coach as a national championship program, 
Uh, spoiler alert to anybody listening who has not seen the movie. Uh, is so? Do you feel like you can finally breathe? Or as you know, as we're talking about, as a black head coach, you know there is no there there is no pause. It's always go. Or do you feel like you can kind of sit back for a little bit and enjoy this right now? Yeah, it's funny you say that. I mean, I I think in theory, when you lay it out like that, you should. Um, but I still go back to the same mentality that I'm I'm coaching to keep my job. Um, and that's probably sad in some ways where I should be able to say, hey, you know, look what I've accomplished. But I always feel like if you do that, then you take your foot off the accelerator. But I, I took probably about a month, uh, reflected, uh, spent some time traveling, uh, really enjoyed it. Um, but then back on the job. We're talking to Coach Frank McKinney and director Thomas Morgan, uh, who did the movie Scrum, which follows Coach McKinney, uh, one of the first black college rugby coaches in the U.S. as he tries to build a diverse team and a predominantly white institution. So, Coach, let's talk about recruiting. Where, what is, what does your recruiting tactics look like? Because it, you, you have a very diverse team, and and I, in, in watching the movie and growing up, I, you know, I, I really, I really was feeling one of your players. Uh, shout out to Pack, also, you know, New Jersey guy, Garden State. Here we are. Uh, I, I don't know in the black community if we're very familiar with rugby. So, so can, if we can introduce you, know, one, how'd you come into rugby? And then what, what the recruiting process to keep the talent chain going, if you will. Yeah. So I, how I fell in, I, I think I fell into rugby. I, uh, I played a couple of, I played sports growing up and I was a big soccer player. I played soccer for a long time. Uh, my dad wanted me to play football or baseball. And then, uh, so I played a little bit of baseball and then my dad went out to sea. Uh, so my mom got me in soccer. And I just started exploding in soccer, having fun. I was really good. Uh, and then I went to college and the goal was to play soccer in college. And I got there and I didn't train that summer. They had a workout plan. So I was out of shape. So the coach said, hey, come back next year. So I met some guys that played rugby and I started playing rugby with them and fell in love and, and really loved it. Became the captain and also the president of the club. Um, and then when I started playing men's league, I realized I rarely saw anybody of color. Now, I'm not just saying African-American. I'm saying Asian. I'm saying Latino. I'm, I'm not seeing anybody. And if you do, it's like, hey, and you're like friends with them. You're like hugging after them. Immediately. Oh, my God. There's somebody else with some color. What's up? <laughs> hugging on them. But, I, but, I, but that, that really hit me and said, man, I, I, my dream would be to have a team that's diverse. I have a bunch of guys that are all different colors, you know, from all different socioeconomic backgrounds different parts of the world, playing together, brothers, family, loving each other and going out and just smashing teams like that to me was a dream. That's what I wanted to put together. That's what to me would be happy. And now when I see my team and I see the makeup of them, it makes me smile and it makes me happy. For for our listeners who aren't familiar with rugby, is there a sport that you would compare it to? Like, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. When you're when you're looking at rugby, what is the recipe from other sports that to help people understand what rugby is all about? I think I would compare soccer and football together. So the, the interesting thing, there's some weird things with football that you'll see in actual that you're so in football, it's called a touchdown. Right. But you really don't touch it down in rugby. You have to go and touch the actual ball down to actually score uh, soccer. You're, you're passing the ball. So you can pass the ball backwards to either side side. You can, you can, 
You can pass it backwards. You can actually pass it, you know, straight, but you can't pass it forward. You can kick the ball, right? So you'll see a lot of good teams, they'll, they'll kick, uh, but you run, there's no blocking. And to score, running it over the line, you get five points. If you kick conversion after that, it's two. And then there's a penalty, which you can get three. So scoring is similar to football. So if you ever look at rugby scores, you can look at those and say, okay, how would I look at this from a football score? If it's two points versus 30 points, right, you know that it's a close game or the game could have been a blowout. And the title of the movie is called Scrum. So let's explain what the Scrum is all about. I think Scrum is probably one of the most interesting facets, most interesting parts of a rugby game. It's eight guys on each side pushing against each other, and it's really for to gain possession. You know, people always say, oh, this is scrum. It's, it's to gain possession. So something has happened, right? It's usually a, the guy, the other team has knocked the ball on, um, but basically tried to catch it, it bounced off his hands or went forward. So they'll have a scrum. So if my team knocked the ball on, the other team would roll the ball in for the scrum. So eight guys are pushing on each other. And uh, we have one of our coaches, an African-American uh, gentleman, and he is our scrum coach. And he is, I think, one of the best in college, uh, uh, one of the best scrum coaches. So our scrums have been dominant for years, and we love that. And that, I think, sets the tone for the games. It sets the tone for the teams. Uh, and as we were talking about it, Thomas is like, you know, we should name the movie Scrum. I had a couple other ideas. For <laughs> I was like, I was, I always got ideas. I was, Thomas, I got an idea. Thomas, he's like, hey man, that's like if I come to your practice and I start telling you some ideas. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that would work. He's like, the same thing with the movie business. <laughs> yeah, but he had the he had the good idea of saying, hey, why don't we call the Scrum? Because we put such a big focus on our scrums. Well, but I also thought, you know, what was so great about it, and it's just kind of in the in the in the true spirit of this underdog movie was, you know, here's his team most of the time over physically overmatched. You know, where the other teams are just bigger. They're just like they're 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 heavier. They're bigger. They're you know they they've probably had more years of playing the game. And so this scrum, I think, takes them a little bit by surprise when you see this smaller team, but absolutely fierce, you know, and just relentless. And and you see, in, you know, there's one part of the national championship game where he says, oh, that's a big scrum by, by Queens. And you're like, God, that's the team that they just said, you know, will dominate them physically on the field, you know, and it's just, they just wear them down. And I bet I, I felt like that was the spirit of the team, you know, like it was always them, you know, pushing uphill, so to speak. And, and the fact that, uh, you know, all of these guys came from such diverse backgrounds, but all pushing absolutely in sync together for one common goal in my mind, like that was it, like, you know, shoulder to shoulder, you know, arms around each other's, uh, uh, you know, shoulders and pushing in the same direction for one common goal was like that. That's, that's the film. I love that. I love that coach. You have a very diverse team and we touched on, we touched on things that are going on outside of our doors right now. Within the last couple of years, do you feel like it's a lot of pressure has fallen on you as, as coach and, and kind of mentor to mold these young men to be successful and future leaders of tomorrow? So it's interesting is I have, I actually have a uh, kind of a, a tagline, as you would say, that says, I got into coaching to make young men better. I didn't get into coaching to win games. So that always helps me when I have to make a decision. I always go back to that. Is there pressure? There's always pressure. I mean, if, if, if you think about it, I'm the only uh, African-American male coach at an institution. 
I'm if if I'm not the only one, I'm the one of the only African American uh, rugby coaches in the U.S. Um, so I mean, you can look at that and say it's pressure, or you can look at that and say it's an opportunity. Um, so for me, I look and say, hey, this is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to bring more people uh, into the coaching fold and rugby, more people to bring in the coaching fold at the school. So for me, I look at it as an opportunity. But let me just say, most coaches who say, you know, I didn't get into this to win games. It's because they're losing all their games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll hear that from national championship coaches. Yeah, that's easy to say when you're, you know, 0-8. <laughs> Clearly, you didn't get into it with games. <laughs> uh, I love that. I love that. One, uh, uh, one of my favorite parts of the movie is you have the everybody's lining up and they're doing they're doing drills and and you're telling you're, you're telling your team you're like hey go stand next to this person because they're coming for your position yeah. so I I you know it's do you feel like the like the accountability and the situational awareness is something that helps your team be more successful I think we have to compete right you got to compete in life you got to compete for, uh, you know, for, for somebody that you want to marry, you got to compete for jobs. You have to compete. So I want the players to compete. So I line up guys that play similar positions for them to compete. And so in the, in the fitness drills, they know who the fitter guy is. And I do that on purpose because guys ask me and say, Hey, why am I not starting? Why am I not, why am I not a reserve? And then I get less questions when they go and compete, but they know where the bar is set that they have to get to. So I think it's like that in life for me as a coach, right? There's other coaches out there that are like, hey, man, I, I want Frank's job. Um, so we all have to compete. So I want my players to compete. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the rug rugby camps that you're working on. So one of the things that happened to me, it's another vision that I've had. You know, I, I think rugby camps are not just rugby camps, but camps in general are expensive. You know, if you go to a day camp, day camps are $200 plus. Overnight camps are $400 plus. Man, inner city kids can't afford that. Inner city kids can't afford that. So how come they can't have the same experience that rich kids have? So I had this dream of setting up camps to be able to send inner city kids to have these same experiences. So we've had camps in the past, but we've had to charge. So this summer, this past summer, uh, we had two camps. We flew in uh, Memphis inner city rugby. We brought in uh, DC inner city and we brought some other inner city kids in. Uh, and we were able to, to subsidize them to be able to go to camps uh, I don't know if Thomas wants me to get into what his involvement was with that, but we, w- we would have never been able to do that. I mean, $400 a kid, you know, and, and to get these kids here, we had them overnight. They have three meals a day. They get to sleep in college dorms. They get to get tours of campus. They get to meet with financial aid. They get to meet with admissions. So I want them to see that college is obtainable. If you want to go to college, it's obtainable. But I think what helps is to put them around other kids that want to go to college, put them on a college campus. So now these kids, they, they dream bigger than what they may have dreamt when they are back at home. So that's been a goal and a dream of mine for years. And we just pulled it off this last summer and we're going to do it every summer. So that's one of the initiatives that I'm working on. I love that. I love that. Go ahead, Thomas. I was going to say, you know, I think for me, like the films that I've made have always had like uh, a way for people to get involved. Like, so for me, it's not enough to like just come and tell Frank's story and walk off. It's like, how do we leave it better than we found it? And in these camps, like just seem to be so important to this opportunity, you know, like once a, once a kid can see that, hey, I can go to college. Once he can see that there's somebody that cares enough to help me figure out how to fill out a FAFSA form or, or that I, you know, that, that understands that I don't have a computer at home, but here's, let's get you access some way or whatever, you know, like, 
I think that changes, like Frank says, it changes everything. And what I also find is, especially with generational, once that first person gets that opportunity, then it's expected for generations. So it's like breaking through that that ceiling, you know, and then giving this opportunity. So, you know, Frank, we were hoping that the movie was going to come out earlier, but it was, you know, middle of COVID. We've been struggling to kind of get it done. And I said, like, listen, man, I got I got twenty thousand dollars left in my budget for this movie and I'll just give it to you for the camp. So so I got the you know, I gave that and then I got a couple of other people to to contribute to try to get the money together. And I, you know, but but the, the point of the the film is like how do we how do we encourage more mentors, coaches, volunteers like Frank in, in all of these nonprofits that are that are working so hard to do the same things. And how do we make sure that these camps are sustainable? So Frank's not out every year, you know, trying to figure out how do I cobble something together? So that's what I hope the film does for uh, for him and for for all of these kids that uh, will be afforded this opportunity moving forward. Absolutely. Thomas, how do we get the movie to the masses? So, you know, we're putting it out in a really interesting way. If you just go to scrummovie.com uh, on National Coaches Day, you know, today on October 6th, you know, it's there. You just go through there and and you can watch the film. There's a couple of nonprofits, uh, the NAACP. If you type in NAACP SC, which is Santa Clarita, you'll be able to then proceeds will benefit the NAACP. So we're trying to make it so that, you know, they all of these different organizations can kind of get back on track after a really, really difficult, you know, 2020 and, and pandemic. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's all online because we, I didn't want it sitting on the basement floor of some of these, uh, you know, some of these streaming services. And, you know, honestly, like I want the audience to be able to have access and decide, right. I don't want it to be like whether or not Netflix or Hulu or Amazon decides it's worthy of being, you know, at the top mm -hmm. of their list. So, and so far, I think like people really seem to find themselves somewhere in that movie and, and seem to, you know, really relate, whether that be the father son or whether that be coach mentor or whether that be, you know, the student. So it's been uh, it's been a really it's been a really great journey. Absolutely. And and Coach Frank, if people want to want to find more about your uh, rugby programs or donate, where can they find you? Yeah, if you go to um, Queen's University of Charlotte, if you just search Queen's University of Charlotte men's rugby. Uh, we have Facebook page, Instagram page. We have an actual um, uh, school page. So if you go on the school page, if anybody wants to donate, you go to the school page and you're able to have donations. You're able to, if you want to read up more information, our Facebook's pretty active. Our Instagram's pretty active. You can see all our results, all the teams we play. We're playing some pretty interesting teams. Um, so you're able to see as much information as you want. And the, it, what was it? The top six in the country, right? Division one, top six in the country right now. So we, we, we've played, we've, we've, they'll we've, be modest coaches, national coaches day. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we, yeah, we're not, we're not. So we've, we've played two division one teams. Okay. Um, we're, we're ranked in a, in a, like a one, a one double a, which is right below division one, uh, like number five or number six in that. Um, but you know, our goal is to one day be top 10 in the country. So, um, that's the goal. And that's Rashawn Leak talking with coach Frank McKinney and local filmmaker Thomas Morgan about Scrum, out today on National Coaches Day. Check tonight's show notes for a link if you'd like to see the film. Perhaps, uh, I don't know, start playing rugby. I'm Laura Jones, and this has been Radioactive, plugging you into your community with conversations and a playlist to match. Democracy Now! coming up at 7, Emily's Mixtape at 8, 
Forgash and Cody D with Maximum Distortion at 10.30. Get your rude awakening with Liz Schulte at 3 a.m. John Florence starts a brand new day each and every weekday at 6. Check out those shows on demand as well as the KRCL archives at krcl.org. Thanks to Rashawn for his help with the show tonight. We're going to leave with a song that Coach McKinney says is on his rugby playlist. Little Nipsey Hustle, Grinding All My Life on KRCL. All my life, been grinding all my life, sacrifice, hustle paid the price.